a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. I'm back doing another episode of Where Are They Now? And for those of you who hadn't heard the first few episodes, and now a lot of episodes of this series, I will recap. As you know, I coach a lot of people. And of course, you've heard me coaching people live on this podcast with my Coaching with Kimmy episodes. And I have a ton of clients who I send off into the world after coaching them. And it's so amazing and rewarding when I hear countless success stories and read thousands of emails of previous clients updating me on how their life has improved and how they often find love. So I do where the, where are they now episodes to inspire and motivate you by hearing what happens to people after I work with them, whether that is on a podcast or working with them over time as clients. And I hope you listen to these and get inspired by people's successes and know that success can happen to you too, even during quarantine. <laughs> and I will you know, look, this all starts with a call often. And today I'm bringing on an amazing woman whose journey started with hopping on a call with me. Gosh, this was around two years ago. It was amazing Mm -hmm. for me to kind of look back after, you know, thinking of this. And I, then she was referred to me from another friend that I had helped. And that's the chain of events and how we got to each other. And she decided to invest in coaching with me because she realized a lot of her childhood pains were impacting her ability to find a healthy relationship. And she felt like she was sociable and, you know, was dating here and there. However, she saw that she was attracting the wrong guys. And she tended to get into relationships where she would never get her needs met and with men who treated her poorly. And she had developed a limiting belief that she wasn't good enough and found herself accepting crumbs just to try and gain an assemblance of validation and attention. And by the time she picked up that phone for the first time we talked, she was in a place where she really didn't think she deserved a good relationship. And the things that we had uncovered had to do with her confidence would just go up and down. Um, she would shape shift into, you know, just being something that she was not just to please the guy. Uh, she de- she definitely had like some anxious attachment stuff going on. And she was just used to, t- you know, taking those crumbs. And I was saying to her, you deserve the cake. And so after doing a ton of work on various programs that I offered, she has shifted beyond, beyond her wildest dreams. And she started to learn to date differently, increase her self-worth. And because of that, she has attracted a new amazing man into her life. I just got the text the other day. I'm like, you've got to come on and share your story. And she um, recently said to me, dreams do come true, but it does take work, accountability, and motivation to get there. Welcome, Meredith. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. I I mean, I got chills as I was just, you know, thinking back to when I first met you. And right before we started recording, you were showing me all your notes of (laughs) things that you were reflecting on. And right. 
Right. Like it's hard to even fathom how you got here, but this is what I tell people all the time is that it can be really overwhelming when you're first thinking about just changing your life. But what I love about you is that you really pulled in and by just focusing on these little things that we were working on, it was like the marathon. You, you were exercising those muscles and before you knew it, you got to the finish line and you're like, you know, and then you realize, oh my gosh, how did I get here? But after reflecting on all of this, you realize how much work you have done. So anyway, I would love for you to just like introduce yourself. Yeah. And let everyone know. I mean, I recap, but just in your own words, just (laughs) who you are. And if you remember going back in time, what life was like before you picked up that phone. So for me, I, I had a friend that, um, had talked about you for a few weeks and she was getting back out there. And I just was at a point in my life and in my dating life where I was, I almost felt hopeless. Um, It was about a year after a long-term relationship that was three years long, but it was long distance. And I never got my, my needs met in that relationship. Um, it was all about him and me visiting him and me doing things for him. And I, and, and he had gaslighted me so many times and, and, you know, anytime I had a need, he made it sound absolutely ridiculous. Oh, you know, he was perfect. And so I I just was in a place of very low self-worth, low self-esteem, really confused. Didn't even really, I didn't know where to begin. When I started talking to you, it was just this journey of realizing that I had developed a lot of bad habits, not bad habits, habits that got me through childhood and through, you know, a family that was, you know, I have a brother who who suffers from mental illness, who was not easy to grow up with. And I had just developed these habits and, and fearfulness maybe of men and just seeking love for men too, because I craved that. But they were just playing out in my adulthood in ways that, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that you helped me recognize. And we, um, I guess, moved my mindset over time from just being this kind of wounded animal that had, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I've been successful in work and career. I, I am divorced and, you know, I'm a single mom, so I'm used to doing everything myself. But, you know, I had become a wounded animal, like I was never going to find love again or anything. And, you know, you helped me spin everything into a way where I was able to see how awesome and unique I am and see what I had to offer and then start becoming positive and having being fun again and and flirting with men and not taking it so seriously. Like every relationship, you know, was like live or die. Like this one has to be, you know, Mr. Right, or I'll just lose my mind. And then, you know, I learned to calm down, get to know the person (laughs) let them give a little to you. Um, and, um, and yeah. And so just basic stuff like now, you know, I'm aware of my feelings. That was one of our first exercises was, Hey, what are you feeling? And I'm like, I have no idea because I'm always making sure everyone else in the room is happy. What's the guy feeling? Am I, Ooh, do I look good? Am I saying the right thing? Is he having a great time? And then I'd come home from a date and be like, did I have a good time? But <laughs> I was so busy thinking about other people. So I just want to comment on some of the things you're saying. And I think that was the biggest 
I mean, I think light bulb, I remember, you know, you kind of going through when that those aha moments, when you started realizing, wow, I'm not even aware of how I feel. And therefore you kept attracting takers or fixer Mm -hmm. uppers or narcissists, you know, people who needed that attention. And when you started switching it, it, you started noticing just a difference in the way you were dating. Cause I think that's something that's really powerful for people to hear is that you're not always conscious of the behaviors and the things that you're doing that might attract a certain person. So like, do you remember some of those behaviors that you used to do? I mean, one of the things you were talking about was that you were kind of like conscious about how you looked and if he was having a good time, like what, what else you know, were you doing back then? Not speaking my mind. If something mm-hmm. made me uncomfortable, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't speak up. I would go with the flow. Um, I do anything, you know, to keep the guy happy. And it turned into, you know, me exploding eventually. <laughs> so yes. apparently when you keep everything inside and you don't let it out in little tidbits, it turns into a massive explosion, which to whatever person is exploded upon, it seems like it comes out of nowhere, which is, it's a very unhealthy way to live. Um, it's uncomfortable. And, um, and that was a big lesson too, just telling people what I need or even saying no, you know, to a guy like, you know, not changing all my plans for him. You know what? I am busy that night. I'm not changing everything for him. That, he, he can wait for me. I have friends. I have my own life. That was a big thing. And nobody wants to be with somebody who's a, you know, a yes man or a yes girl, or, you know, mm. it, it, you can sense it when somebody's just kind of kissing up to you. And I'm like, I think that's me. And I'm doing that. <laughs> and I need to stop doing that. And people, you know, my friends who I'm real around, they really enjoy me. And they're just, you know, I needed to learn to tra- transform that into the dating Meredith so that I was authentic. I um, love that. Wait, wait, I want to extract something that you said. I don't even know you realize you said it was so powerful when you said, I didn't realize how uncomfortable I was where you would be holding all these things in. And it was like this anxiety that you would constantly have. And here's the thing about people pleasing and not speaking your truth is that it's almost like an oxymoron, right? Because you're thinking you're avoiding the discomfort, but an effort to avoid the discomfort, you're creating it because you're holding everything inside and holding back. And I think that's really important for, for everyone to hear because so much of what we try to avoid is already happening. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what you kind of were getting is that, wow, like I, I'm not happy. You know, I'm doing all this, like the dancing monkey thing, trying to please everybody and getting the guy (laughs) to like me. (laughs) Right. right. So, I don't know. Well, if you, you build up a fear. Yeah. yeah. So even my fear of talking on the phone, uh, I have a fear of, you know, speaking my mind and, or I had, I mean, I'm getting over it obviously, <laughs> but, um, you know, so it, it's like, it takes practice and it's uncomfortable. So I think that the first few times, and it was kind of based on experiences in my childhood. I just thought if I said, you know, I wasn't allowed to feel anything, you know, you just kind of had to be quiet, your kid, whatever. But I realized that, you know, yes, it's uncomfortable, but 99% of the time, the other person is going to hear you and say, oh, okay, da, 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 and accept it and be okay with it. It was even just little things. I think I was sharing with you. I moved into this house in this really busy neighborhood and people were driving me crazy. Sorry, neighbors. You're not going to listen to this, but, <laughs> but that's, they, they, 
this house is a historic home and everybody in the neighborhood had been in it. It was a history museum before. So everybody's talking to me constantly. And this goes with the dating thing too. It's, it's everything. It's like not having boundaries. And I realized I just have to say, I can't talk to you right now. And all of that was like part of the work that we did together. It was me just telling people no or yes, but not until Friday at 5 p.m. And I was so used to just saying yes to everything. Yes, yes, yes. And it was exhausting. I was exhausted. Um, and one other thing that I did want to mention, too, that you helped me uncover, I like a really huge thing for me um, was that this people pleasing behavior that I have and and and. Um, not stating my boundaries kind of rolled over into my work life. And I know last summer you and I were having coaching sessions and you're just like, Hey, you, you were like, something else is going on. What is it? And, and I was like, I know I've, I was like, actually, thank you for saying that because I had never realized the relationship between dating and a work relationship, but I'm a sales rep and I sell you know, technology and most of my clients are men. And I realized I had a very toxic customer and it was almost like, I felt like I was dating him and not stating my boundaries and not doing this. And, and I was like, Oh my gosh, all of these, <laughs> all of these things I'm working on, I need to, to apply to him. And that was such a game changer too, because, um, after we talked about that, I had to make a very hard decision to fire this client and I walk away. I so remember that. I'm glad you're it, talking about it, this. Yes. It freed up my soul. I'm not kidding you. It was such a drain to me and giving up money, as we all know, we're like, you know, hard work, you know, your, your money is your livelihood. And it was scary for me to do that. But I honestly think that realizing that all of these little things go together being, you know, the work thing was huge. Once I got rid of that customer and I was I had a boundary there and I was, a, I, it opened me up to have healthy relationships. It was crazy. It, it, it changed my life. And that's when I started drawing in good people. I so remember that moment and I, as hard as it was, and it just shows like toxic relationships can show up everywhere and anywhere. And what, what's evident in one area of your life does leak into other areas. And it's not until you mm -hmm. let go till you allow yourself to open up to new possibilities, new energy, all of that. Cause to me, it was like you were breaking up with this guy. Right. And, mm -hmm. and it, it felt was, like that. It, yeah. And I, and I knew that. And, and so, yeah, it was really amazing to see. I remember the emails and the messages I got <laughs> afterwards from you and you were like, Oh my God, I feel like a free woman. I, <laughs> I was like, this huge weight's off my shoulders. What do I do with my life? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, now I can date because yeah. you know nobody wants to go out with somebody that's constantly complaining about, you know, work or this person at work is doing this and that. And I was like, Oh, now I'm happy. And now I can, you know, you always talk about being fun and flirty and being light and whatever. If you can, if you have so many heavy things going on, um, sometimes you have to clear that stuff out of your closet in order to be, you know, to get better at dating and getting out there. And that lightened my load and made it possible for me to go out and not complain about work the whole time. And, and to, you know, start focusing on myself. Like I just renovated this house. If I hadn't fired that customer, this would not have been possible. In fact, my managers were so excited that I had made that decision because they were recognizing it was becoming toxic. They allowed me the time to do it. 
And then I'm doing my passion. I'm doing things I love and drawing better people in. Amazing. And, and that was another fear that you have. You know, I think often when we get scared to leap and make <laughs> a change, we have all these stories in our head of what's going to happen. You know, like you were worried you were not going to get the support, you know, and so it, it yep. keeps you stuck. And, and, and That's just, right. You told me, Meredith, yeah. talk to your manager. You'll be surprised. And I was scared. I forgot about that. Yeah. And, and, and also that's like kind of validation for yourself and that you can trust mm-hmm. yourself to make good decisions and that anyone who's not supporting you are not your people, you know, or not your job yeah. or not like, you don't have to put up with that just to, you know, try to avoid the conflict. Cause you were all, again, you were already oh. in the conflict, <laughs> you know, like how much more could you have taken? Uh, it was so great to be. I, I also want to go back to the moment of the phone, the phone thing. Cause that was <laughs> another thing you had mentioned that. And I love that we're doing a podcast now and we're doing it on video. So those of you who are listening to this, you can also check this out on YouTube. The phone thing I also felt like was a breakthrough for you because you had, do you remember you were saying you so rely on the nonverbal cues of people that Mm -hmm. again, your focus was too much. Am I pleasing this person? So I'm going to read the cues in order to modify what I say and how I interact and how I connect. And by taking that away, you had to learn how to just be you and being okay with that, not relying on that. You want to talk more about that? Yeah. I mean, we worked on that for a while and I think that, um, I think it stemmed from my childhood and we, you know, you brought up hypervigilance and, and I was, you know, in a very kind of chaotic home. And so I, you know, I kind of camped out and made sure, you know, I got to check out what the brother's doing and the dad's doing and who's going to be, you know, exploding. So I had just kind of learned to do that. And it, it, it carried over. Right. And so into my, and I can remember being, you know, I think that talking on the phone is intimate, right. And I'm sharing my feelings and I'm sharing what I'm thinking and whatever. And I was also scared of being judged. I think there's so many layers to it that, you know, you're not going to like what I have to say. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to embarrass myself. And, um, and I just built up a weird fear. And so I would always, if I needed to go see a customer, you know, I wanted to meet with them in person. I wanted to go have lunch. I wanted to stop by their office, wanted to do this. And then the pandemic hits and it's Meredith, you need to talk to these people over the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I was, dun, dun, dun. I was like, what? <laughs> Don't do and, it. And, you know, it was, it was uncomfortable, um, you know, not being able to read body language. And I, I still prefer to be in person if I can. Zoom's a lot better. You know, I see your face and I know you and I'm comfortable around you. So that's uh, an added bonus. But um, that was just, I think it, it went back to confidence as well and being mm-hmm. so unsure of myself that, you know, who cares if you make a mistake and say the wrong thing? Just say, oh, oops, I meant to say blah, 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 you know, like, but to me, everything's the end of the world. And I just, I had a lot of perfectionist, you know, tendencies and I've, I've been, you know, I worked to let those things go. I think that's the theme as we're talking is so much of the letting go that happened with you and really being okay with you. And just, it's that self-acceptance, like Mm -hmm. huge. And so that, I mean, 
I, it's kind of a good segue to hear where you are now. I mean, I don't even know about this guy. I just got the text from you, this adorable <laughs> picture. You post it in our Love Academy group on Facebook. <laughs> and so do tell, so what happened? So after you started really like feeling different. Right. So I have notes. I may be referring to them right now. <laughs> um, one thing that we we had focused on was being an all or nothing dater. I did want to mention that. That had been one of my tendencies to like go on one good date. And then I'm like, so we're in a relationship now, you know, and I cling to them so hard. Um, And I think that I, I just making yourself aware of things, you know, the awareness. So, and I always, you know, you say after I go on a date, like write down your feelings. And if you're ever questioning somebody doing a cost benefit analysis, like there's so many different little things that I continue to practice, right? And the feelings thing is very important. Um, so yeah, I just started taking things a little lighter. Um, I, I, at the you know the end of 2020, um, still had some lingering, I guess you know old habits. You know, I had you know I have a tendency to go for younger guys who were not as established in life. Cause to me that felt safe. Oh, I seem older and smarter and hopefully I can control them. It never turned out like that. Uh, <laughs> the younger guys love the older women and you know, we, I don't know. And if they think you have money, sure, whatever. I don't know what, what they were thinking but they were not thinking I want a relationship. So uh, there's other stuff going on. So I, I started realizing, ooh, why am I doing that again? You know, what, went out with a few guys that were mm-hmm. just not there for me. And I was like, nope, new year, 2021. I'm following all of, you know, I'm following the steps, whatever, um, you know, Kim had given me. And um, I reread Why Men Love Bitches. <laughs> Still <laughs> like, like, I know yeah. we always talk about it. You're like, it's a little corny, but it reminds you that they need to earn you. They need to give to you. And for someone who's very independent and successful, and I love to do everything myself. I pride myself on it. Guess what? People love to help you. And renovating this house kind of forced me to need others because you can't do it yourself. And so I was relying on a lot of other people for help. I just started being okay with accepting help. My even my girlfriends help mm-hmm. because I feel guilty. I still feel guilty asking for help. And so they're like, no, please, you're doing this whole house. Let us help you move or help, you know, or have a guy friend come over and help you put shelves up. And it was just little things like that, allowing it and then getting more comfortable with it. Um so just allowing men to give to me. I realized that I was very off-putting because I would not accept help. And that's some guys like are offended by that. You know, they get their Mm -hmm. self-esteem by helping. Um, Why not just say something about that? And and I, sorry to interrupt, but it's really important is that, and I think you and I talked about this, your confidence lived in helping. So by taking that part away felt really exposing and weird. And it's like, who am I beyond being a helper? And Mm -hmm. so I think when you were dating the younger guys before there was this sense of, well, I can, I can take care of them. It's subconscious, right? Like it's subconscious. You don't realize it, but there's this like kind of confidence that goes with that until it 
until it doesn't, <laughs> you know, like right. until it doesn't work. Let me and be so, your job coach. Yeah. So I love that you're talking about the whole like receiving end of things. So, okay. Continue on. Yeah. I had, and, and I hadn't been given to honestly in so long. Um, you know, I had built a shell around myself, a, sh- a self-protective shell of, I will just do everything myself. And then I was like, ha look at me. I have a power tools and now I can do it. You know, like yes. I am, I am, all of my girlfriends are like, Meredith, are you a dude? I'm like, no, I just do everything myself. So I'm trying, I, I started backing out of that, allowing people, you know, finding my feminine because yes, I can be, yes, I look feminine, but sometimes I can be the guy uh, or be more masculine rather. And so I started dating healthier this year and um, dated uh, a couple uh, of nice, kinder softer, more giving type men. And I was, uh, I dated one for about a month and a half or two. And that was the first time that I got in years that I'd gotten this compliment, but he said like, yes, Meredith, you're very pretty. And you, you're really nice to look at on the outside. He's like, but I, I, I love you for this. And he would pointed to my head, to my brain. And he's like, you're one of the smartest, nicest, funniest people I've ever met. And like just having somebody be able to say that to me, it meant so much to me because as much time as I do spend on my hair, my makeup, I deep down, I really want to just be loved for who I am, you know, which is this dorky, you know, kid who read books and was in band. And I, that's that little girl's still in there, you know, man, that just made me feel so good. I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. And I was like, this is what I want, um, you know, out of a relationship. I want somebody that I can share feelings with and, and not, not be so focused on, you know, that the outside, cause that, that, that will only last so long. You can attract guys, but that that's not deep. So fast forward to now and the gentleman that I am with, um, I had, so I had met him in 2009 and um, we were both very attracted to each other, may have kissed him just once, um, <laughs> but he had just started dating another girl at the time. And, um, we became friends on Facebook. I think that's when Facebook had just started. So I have honestly been fr- friends on Facebook mm. for that long. And, um, and his, re- you know, relationships came and went or whatever. And in 2013, I posted on Facebook that I needed a roommate. I had a finished basement in the house I was renting. And he said, Meredith, hey, I live really far from my job. Your house is near where I work. Can I, <laughs> would you be interested in having me as your roommate? I have two big dogs, whatever. And I'm like, I have a kid. So, it, <laughs> you know, we both have our own, our own children. Yes. So he actually lived with me back then, but I had a boyfriend and, um, and I had kind of put him in the friendship bucket, right? Like he was (sighs) friendship Mm -hmm. and he's very tall. So I was like friendship plus he can change light bulbs for me. So there was like (laughs) benefits (laughs) and I needed somebody to do man things around the house. So Mm -hmm. He's my roommate. And then I see like, he's really good with my son and he takes very good care of his dogs. And anyway, um, I, I ended up buying a house after that. And, you know, I hadn't seen him for a really long time. We, we catch up like every two years maybe and just go grab dinner. 
but I have always been dating somebody else and never took him seriously. Well, fast forward to now, and he's like, you know, the only reason why I messaged you about being your roommate is because I was hoping that we would get to get together. Oh and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> And, and he, he's like, I've always known the real you because there were some things that transpired when he lived with me. And I, you know, I, I, I helped him in ways, but I also had to be very strict with him in ways because he had done something that, you know, he regretted later. And I, you know, had to lay down the law and do this and this. He's like, I always think back to that time that, you know, you told me how it was and it made me a better person and I'm a better person for it today. And I, he's like, I always just watch you from afar on Facebook. He's like, you're the longest crush I've ever had. So I'm like, how can I not, how can I not see if something's there? So our first date, we decided to go uh, paddle boarding and it was, it was a group. So it was really fun and, um, I don't know, fun. It, it gets you outside of your head because you're doing something physically active. And and it was just like, I don't know, things had changed. He's older now. He's mature. He had started his own company. Um, he's really excited to tell me about it. Um, and I just looked at him in a totally different way. And then at the end of, <laughs> at the, end of the day, I was like, I think I want to kiss him now. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's where, that's where wow. I am now. And and he, and he tells me every day too, you're such a dork, but that's why I love you. <laughs> you know, Aww. like, cause he, he recognizes that I am a dork and, and that's cool. And he likes it and he's, he thinks he's a dork, but he's actually more of the cool guy. Um, which is, you know, the dorky girl kind of always wanted the cool guy. So I'm like, Oh, look, I finally have my own cool guy, but he's actually very sweet and vulnerable and, and I think that's, that's what's been um, the most interesting part is because I had my own idea of him in my head and, you know, that, oh, and of men in general, men don't yeah. have feelings or won't share their feelings. And he's felt, he's like, you know, I've shared things with you that I w- wasn't comfortable sharing with anyone else. And I think it's because I've known you for so long. And he's like, and you've shared things with me. And I always thought you were perfect, but you're not. And he's like, but I actually like you more. Mm. when you share your imperfections with me, because, you know, that's, that's real. And I'm like, thank you. I'm like, I'm not perfect. I don't like, you know, I don't want people to think that, but it's just like, you know, I, me being fake around guys for so long and, and being conflict avoidant. Like I, I don't, I think I told you in my text, like I just kind of, he thought it was funny because I stand my ground um, as far as like setting boundaries and things like that, I think that I'm able to do it with him because I just know who he is as a person. I've known him for so long. It's much easier for me to be like, no, yes, no. But right, <laughs> right, right. It's easier to be you. Yeah. yeah. I can be myself. I think that that's the biggest thing I'm hearing that's different than all your other guys is that not only are you expressing yourself, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable, but really be seen. I mean, yeah inside and out for who you really are. And he loves it, every part of that. And it's, it, and you're really finally getting it that, I mean, it, you know, that, that was you all along. It's just like, you finally allowed someone to really see that. And because of that, it's a deeper connection and a healthier one. 
Oh my God. This is, this is so exciting to hear. I'm just, yeah, I keep smiling as you're talking. I'm, I wish I could just like keep talking to you. Um, but I was wondering, you know, cause it is different now. Um, what would you say some of the like major takeaways are for you? And then like, you know, people who are maybe thinking about, coaching or doing something for themselves, mm-hmm. like, what would you say to them? Like, how has this really helped you? I cannot say enough about how much it's helped me. <laughs> and to summarize it would be minimizing it. You know, I just, I really felt like I was never going to find anybody and that I was so broken that I wasn't capable of it. And, um, I would say that co- the coaching has been priceless and you, are just such an understanding and positive person, um, and easy to talk to. So, um, now I don't even know what I'm supposed to be answering. What (laughs) What? you're you're answering. Perfect. (laughs) Well, and I know there's always like that fear, you know, when you're first picking up that phone or think like, how, how, how can I get out of my own way? Like, how can this really help? What, would you tell somebody to like, if they're scared, you know, like they don't know if they even want to change because it's just all scary how you got over that fear. Um, yes. So I will say that, you know, I think I had pawned it off on the other, Oh, I'm just meeting so many terrible guys. And I see my girlfriends doing Mm -hmm. that. And so whenever I have talked to a couple of them about coaching, which I have, and, um, the ones that I have talked to are not ready yet. And I see it because they're in a different stage, but um, it's usually they're not ready to own it yet or own their responsibility in it, in, in, in the way that their relationships are unfolding. And, and once you start seeing that you're in control of you, you're not in control of the guy, you have something to do with this. Um, then all you can do is just keep making those little steps. And that's how I try to tell people. I'm like, I know it sounds like a lot of work. Like, why am I going through all this work? The guy's not going to go do this. I'm sitting here, you know, and, you know, and I'm like, men go get coaching too that, you know, but a lot of girls just think, well, I'm, I'm doing, I'm like, well, you know what? It's going to make, it's going to make your life so much easier because if you open your eyes up to your, to your tendencies and your patterns, then you can walk away so much sooner from some guy that's, you know, not serve, you know, not serving your, you know, your best needs. So, um, to me, um, I was ready. I was at that point where I honestly felt like I knew nothing. (laughs) So I needed someone who had the information, um, to help me along. And I would say that change is possible. Um, you know, you just have to start forming new habits. And I think journaling and, and, and keeping track of everything and, you know, talking to you on a periodic basis and, you know, feeding your brain with the right stuff. But it's, it's well worth it. I mean, I can't even imagine going back and not having done it. Oh, thank you. Oh, you gosh, you're so (laughs) welcome. I will cry. (laughs) I know I'm going to start crying too. I, and, and I love that you are crying because it's kind of meta to what we're talking about. Like just to point out that you actually started this podcast in a feeling, you said, I'm really nervous and anxious and you're ending with a feeling and you said feelings throughout this whole entire episode. And I'm just so proud of you. Cause like, I think everyone else now is really feeling you too, and can relate to so much of what you're saying and knowing that 
if you can do it, so can you listening. And, you know, it's, it's like, like you said, the, the powers within you, I mean, that to me, like you can't change those external factors and and you really are a perfect example of that. You did the work. I just remember you doing every single homework assignment that I gave you. You, you wanted to learn, you, you absorbed it and you practiced it. So I'm just so happy for you and please like (laughs) continue to be in touch with me. I want to like get more pictures, you know, throughout your journey. And no matter what happens with this guy, I told you this uh, before we pushed record your success lies within you because now you have you, right? So, I mean, I think it's awesome that you have this amazing man in your life and you attracted that, but at the end of the day, no matter what happens, you are your own success story. So. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Meredith. Okay. And thank you for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient and I'm your host, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in and make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com to see more ways I can help you learn how to date and find love. And you can hop on a call with me just like Meredith did by clicking on the link in the show description. And who knows, maybe you could be the next success story on my podcast after your first call. So remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. 